what's up you bunch of jack wagons back again this is george i'm nick and we're here today our big thing today we're going to go over the college basketball season preview uh, along with a monday night football review a uh, little nba news uh, and preview thursday night football's uh, game first things first though uh, we need to talk about the monday night football game no, um, by, by all means, go off, King. Yeah, so, listen, I, I all over Facebook, all my friends on Facebook are basically Steelers fans. And they were like, oh, you know, we, we finally got justice with the refs because they feel like the refs are always against them. And I'm like, you know what, you're, you're right because you have had a lot of games, you know, the Jesse James catch, the Saints game a couple years. You guys have had very bad calls go against you. But so have the Bears, and I've had enough of it, okay? And Monday night was the worst thing I think I've ever seen between the roughing the passer on Justin Fields that was missed, but that taunting call for the rest of time will go down as one of the stupidest penalties ever called. That ref hip-checked the player, had his hand on the flag ready to go, and just threw it up there uh, you know, without a second thought. I um, seen that. And, and I, was, I, was, I was very upset the next day, and I, I took some time, but I, I realized why the refs suck so bad now. Are you ready for this? Um, I'm ready. Okay. I've been looking for an explanation. Okay. A couple years ago, we had the ref strike, right? And, yeah. and And we saw how bad the NFL was then without the proper referees. Mm-hmm. The referees hold so much power over the NFL now that they can do whatever they want, and they know that the NFL is not going to do anything about it because they don't want to go through that ref strike again. So they sit Oof. there, they do whatever they want, they make up whatever calls, they make up these, these penalties in the offseason. So now we have this new taunting penalty, right? That nobody likes. Absolutely nobody agrees with. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they do it all because they, who, who's going to stop them, right? They're, they're not going to, you know, fire a referee because he sucks at his job. Because the union's going to go and strike, and then we're going to have to bring in replacement refs again, and things are going to get so much worse. And they know it. And that's exactly why they do what they do. Because who is going to stop them? Uh, uh... I don't know what to think of that, but at the very least, it's a very hot take, and I'm here for it. Like, the politics in the NFL right now are ridiculous uh, for being a sport, and something like this wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and, and the biggest thing that like baffles me, and... I didn't, it's my fault, I didn't do enough research on this before this. When they propose rules in the offseason, does the player union not have to approve them? Or do does the rules committee or whatever just come out and say, okay, this is the new rule? And I, f- I feel like that's what it is, because how does a player union agree to sign something like, okay, we can call taunting on basically whatever we feel like. If you look at another player the wrong way, we're giving you a 15-yard penalty, and you could have had a crucial stop on third down like on Monday night, or you could have just had a big play for a first down to put your team in field goal position, and now, all of a sudden, that play is wiped out because a ref decides that you looked at somebody wrong or whatever. And I feel like it's been very, I mean, every rule that you know these NFL rule, uh, NFL officials you know, enforce has been just so very wish-washy. And, you know, pass interference, we, we can sit there, you know, you look at the team. Oh, pass interference this year has been terrible. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we tried to fix it. They tried to implement the review rule, which somehow made 
that rule worse. Like, I, yeah. going into that season, and I knew it, it was going to happen too, but going into that season, it's like, okay, there's no way after that Saints-Rams game the year before that pass interference could possibly get worse. And yet, here we are, it got, it got worse. And then, you know, they, they took uh, yeah. that away, but it's still terrible. It's just... And listen, I can't hate on referees too much. I I know it's, uh, it doesn't compare, but I refed a flag football league one season, and it's it's hard. Like I I get that. Like you have a very hard job to do. Oh yeah. But the amount of money you get paid, you you guys need to have a little bit better control. And the, the taunting penalty is just so ridiculous in my mind. That's why, I, like I said, I I didn't look it up. I might be wrong on this, but there's no way that the players union agreed to that. Especially two years after the NFL is like, okay, you know what? We're going to relax some rules. You guys can you know, celebrate a little more, whatever. And now they turn around and do this. So my question then would be, why are we not getting this stuff approved by the players' union? Like, at, at least, uh, you know, they need a 50% majority in the players' union to be like, okay, yep, we'll agree to this. That's fine. Uh, you know, or at least tweak the taunting rule to be like, okay, Listen, you can look at somebody, but you can't sit there and you can't throw up double middle fingers. You can't make a throat slashing at somebody. Like, something like that, in my mind, that's yeah. haunting. That makes sense. But looking at the opposing bench after, like, a huge sack on a third down, it's just absolute just BS, in my opinion, that that's a haunting. But you're, you're telling me that this kind of stuff is allowed with 16-year-olds in high school. Oh, yeah, But absolutely. not 20 to 30-something-year-old men getting paid millions of dollars it's it's absolutely stupid i absolutely agree uh but anyway steelers pull out a close win um they, they you know the justin fields finally looked good uh it took him you know the whole first half he finally got in his rhythm um but he, he started to look good hopefully the bears um listen i, I i've defended matt Nagy for years i i really thought he was going to be the one to turn it around i watched how he ruined mitch trubisky I was the biggest Mitch fan there is in this world. And I knew from day one he was not the issue. And everybody around the league said, he's the issue. Matt Nagy's a genius. You need to get Mitch out of there. And I knew from day one. And now I'm sitting here watching him ruin Justin Fields again. You know, another star quarterback that we've drafted. He's ruining him. And it's so aggravating. But I just want them to finish here strong. Um, You know, I am all but certain Matt Nagy's gone after this year. Uh, possibly even Ryan Pace, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I might be wrong that, you know, they turn around and somehow go 500 or a better. Their, their jobs are probably saved then, um, but doesn't look likely. But hopefully we just get a new coach in there that can work with our, our quarterbacks, with our whole team in general, and just build a better, better unit out there that can get back to playoffs and, you know, consistently competing for the NFC North, uh, which I thought we were going to have there for a couple years. You know, they won it. Uh, in 2018, I believe. Um, and ever since then, we've been very wish-washy, you know, back and forth. So I just, I just really hope they fix it out there because I'm tired of watching that team every Sunday. Just tear my heartstrings out. So um, I'm over talking about Monday Night Football. We're moving on. Uh, That's good. We're going to move into our college basketball uh, season preview. What we're going to do here, uh, we're going to go over the top 25 teams very quickly. Uh, Nick is going to guess what I'm going to say about each team. Um, yeah, so basically, long story short, uh, wanted to spice things up a little bit here. I'm going to look at the rankings, look at who the teams are. Um, I do have some knowledge of certain teams, but I didn't pay 
much attention this offseason. Um, so to make this more interesting, rather than me sitting here and taking a bunch of notes, I decided that I'm going to try to figure out what these teams are looking like this year just based off of whatever. And then George is going to tell me how wrong I am. So, yep, we're, we're going to go ahead and go through the top 25 here. And then once we're done, we're both going to give uh, who we think is going to be a surprise team to look out for, uh, you know, to possibly make a deep run into the tournament or, you know, something like that. And then after that, we're going to give our final four predictions, and then that, that'll wrap up the college basketball preview. So, all right, up first, Nick, number 25, Virginia. Oh, all right, so 25, Virginia. Uh, this is a difficult one to start with. Uh, Virginia is one of those teams that I feel like you either find as the number one seed or somewhere irrelevant. Um, I'm sure they've had some in-betweens, just none are coming to mind right now. But uh, sitting at 25, I, I don't know. I expect they probably got some good perimeter shooters, uh, typically d- decent defense. I don't know. I'd say maybe expecting Sweet 16. Okay. Well, you're not wrong about perimeter shooting. Last season, they ranked 13th in the nation in three-point uh, percentage. They also ranked third in free-throw percentage, which, you know, they, they really hang their hat on, especially in the, the whole ACC as a whole. is huge on free-throw percenting because while that uh, that conference, excuse me, is so, so high-scoring, they also get a lot of fouls. It's very tough hard-nosed defense. You're going to draw a lot of fouls and get to the line. So the, the teams that shoot better at the free throw line are usually the teams that do the best. Now, their, their areas of concern, uh, they're ranked 339th in offensive rebounds and 302 in total rebounds. So they really need to you know improve in that aspect of the game this year. Um, in my opinion, I see them as uh, just below the top of the pack in the ACC. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be contenders all season, I think, but I don't know if they have the competitive edge to get by teams like Duke, UNC, NC State, stuff like that, um, to really compete for the ACC crown in the regular season. Now, I mean, you come tournament time, the ACC, anything can happen, especially in the NCAA tournament. But I really oh, think they're, sure. they're going to be just below those teams uh, in the regular season standings. But all right, moving up, number 24, UConn. Oh, all right. So this one's pretty easy. Um, I'd probably say a team with a lot of talent, but maybe not necessarily top tier talent. Um, you know, one of those teams that a lot of people might be expecting to have a good season and might turn around. You know, be mid seed in the uh, tournament and. You know, make it to the Elite Eight or something like that. It's always it's always UConn, man. Yeah, UConn's a very good team. Now, this season, they leave the American Conference and go back to the Big East. Um, they rank seventh in the nation in blocks last year. You know, they always have a very good defense out there in UConn. Oh, yeah. Um, offensive rebounds, they were 19th. So, as always, a very good rebounding team. Their biggest issue last season was their offense was spotty at times. If they can get more consistent in that area... They're definitely, you know, probably one of the top teams in the country. Um, but another area they need to clean up is they averaged 19.25 fouls per game last year, which is, you know, absolutely just not 
okay. Yeah, that's a especially in Division One college basketball in in a, in a conference like the Big East. Um, if you want to compete for the title out there, you know you got Villanova, Seton Hall, Butler, teams like that. If you want to compete for the title, you need to limit your fouls as much as possible. Um, so if they if they can fix their offense, you know get that more consistent and limit their fouls a lot more than what they did last year, um, they're definitely a team to watch out for. All right, moving okay. up, you have Saint Bonaventure. Um, I couldn't even begin to tell you, to be honest. Um, if I had to guess, probably a team that's overrated, um, might be a decent team, but maybe somebody that has got a little higher expectations than what could be realistic. All right, well, St. Bonaventure comes out of the A-10 conference, which in basketball, especially in Division One, is just always – they always have at least one or two teams that just really stand out from, you know, especially like ACC, you know, powerhouse teams or conferences. They always have two teams that just stand head and shoulders above uh, what most of those conferences have. Um, now, last year and, and this year too, um, depth is their biggest issue. They don't have a lot of people coming off the bench uh, or a lot of quality people coming off the bench. Uh, and they really rely heavily on their defense. They have one of the top-ranked defenses in the country last year, and they decided to not show up at the worst possible time in the first round of the NCAA tournament against LSU, and LSU just ran up and down the floor on them, uh, knocking out the tournament early. So if their defense can be more consistent and you know show up in the big games, mm-hmm. um, along with you know bringing their poor shooting up, uh, they're definitely, I think they're ATN champions this year. Uh, and hopefully, if they can fix those issues, they can make a little bit further run in the NCAA tournament than just getting knocked out the first round uh, by, you know, a, a, a really, I would say, a subpar LSU last year. Um, moving up, uh, we have Auburn at 22. Uh, Auburn. Um, I feel like Auburn's always got a fast team. Um Score points quick, move the ball, shooting uh, within, you know, with like 16 seconds left on the shot clock. That's what I imagine when when I see Auburn. Uh, very true. But that also, their biggest issue is that led to a lot of turnovers last year. They averaged 16.2 turnovers per game last year. Uh, and if they want to compete higher up in the SEC this year, um, you know, you have Alabama, Arkansas, um, big name teams like that, Kentucky. Um, if they want to compete with teams like that this season, they really need to limit their turnovers. Um, they had a great defense last year. They ranked third in, in the country in blocks. So if they can continue that great defense, but just limit their turnovers, uh, I think they have the recipe to be one of the best teams in the SEC. Um, all right, 21, we have Maryland. Maryland, all right. So first guess would be they probably got some big kid at center. Um, probably like six ten. Um, usually got good perimeter shooters, at least one. Um, they're always stout on defense. I imagine probably pretty similar. All right, Maryland. Last year they only averaged five point five six offensive rebounds a game. Um, you know, obviously, if, if like we said. Now, the Big Ten is a very physical, you know, oh, for sure. just rough 
conference to get through in basketball, uh, much like football. Um, so if they want to improve their team from last year, they definitely need to get more boards, especially on the offensive side. Um, now, last year they lost in the second round, uh, which is you know very good. for They were a very young team last year. Um, now, they also ranked inside the top 50 in turnovers and fouls. So, again, if you want to take that next step as a program, you need to limit those two big factors. Oh, yeah. And I think if they can do that – I have them as my dark horse to win the Big Ten this year. Um, they just need to, you know, mature in the turnovers and foul department, and I think they're right there with Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State. All right. All right. At number twenty, we have Florida State. Uh, Florida State. That's another fast team. Get up and down the court. Um, usually they got more than, you know, one or two shooters. Um, they're probably more of a smaller lineup. If I had to guess, I could be wrong about that, but probably a team that expects to get to the Final Four. Absolutely. So last year they lost in the Sweet 16. Um, you know they, they had a really great run. Um, they, they've slowly been building that, that team up over the past few years. Um, they, they used to be the, the, the seller of the ACC. They moved up to mid-pack, and now last year they, they took that next step, and they were just – below, you know, that, that top level we talked about. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they made a great run to the Sweet 16, which is great for their, their uh, confidence. Um, they you were right. They do have a really good offense out there, um, you know, high-scoring percentages. Um, their biggest issue is defense. Uh, they were, you know, middle of the pack towards the lower end of the whole country last year. Um, so if they want to take the next step in the ACC and nationally, they need to improve their defense, and I think they're set up to make, you know, probably another run to the Sweet 16. Um, number 19, we have Ooh. UNC Tar Heels. All right, so this might be my team, but as I stated earlier, I didn't have the time to pay attention in the offseason. So I do know that my boy's gone. Uh, wish him a happy retirement. Uh, and hopefully... Um, new man in town can make some things happen. Um, obviously the number 19, uh, it's not where you want to be preseason, but, um, you know, it's not about where you start the season. It's about where you end the season. So hopefully as this team goes through the season, that 19 will go up and you know, it's UNC. They ain't going to go out easy. So, I'd say anything less than a Sweet 16 would be disappointing. So, yeah, of course, as you mentioned, Roy Williams steps down after last season. Hubert Davis takes over. Um, now, for the way they performed last year, I would say being ranked 19th is very generous. Um, now, you know, they have a lot of returning talent. Uh, and it's UNC. They always draw in that high-end freshman talent. Um, so, I think overall they'll, they'll be – only much better this season than they were last year. Their Achilles heel last year was turnovers. They averaged 15.16 per game. Um, you know, we, we said it before, turnovers are killer, but especially in a conference like the ACC where it's it's very fast-paced but hard-nosed. Like, you're going to get pressed, but you need to be able to control the ball because those, those 15 turnovers a game, that's 15 scoring opportunities that are gone. And, yep. you know, teams like Duke, Florida State, Notre Dame are going to take those and run with them. Um, so... 
their their bright spot last year was they were first in the nation in offensive rebounds. So yes, they, they were very good. And when they got those opportunities, you know, to if they missed the shot, they were able to get the second opportunity. Um, so I I fully expect them this year to be, you know, ending the year higher than nineteenth. Um, like we said, after the way they finished, it was kind of shocking to see them that high. Uh, but I think Hubert Davis is going to do a good job out there. Uh, you know, a former player there. Um, he's going to rally the troops, and I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the ACC this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I hope so. Right. <laughs> Number 18, we have University of Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, this one's kind of a little tough. Um, probably a team that relies on their guard play. Um, I feel like they might run a smaller lineup. Tennessee. I don't know. I can't really think of, like, any Tennessee traits, but you know they're always a team that's gonna be up there, gonna be competing. So I imagine they probably have pretty high hopes. Well, their basketball team is becoming what their football team wishes they were. They they have turned that program around uh, down there. Um, they've done a much better job the last few years. They've actually had Kentucky's number actually the past few years they played. Um, so they're hoping to continue that. Uh, they have a huge game to start the season uh, in a few weeks. They play Villanova up in Connecticut. Um, their offense is was their strong suit last year, uh, and it wasn't a great offense. Uh, so they definitely need to take the next step with that. But their biggest problem was their defense. They had one of the bottom-ranked defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they want to take you know, their program to the next level to consistently compete, with Kentucky, Florida, Alabama, uh, Arkansas, teams like that, year in, year out for SEC titles. Uh, they really need to improve their defense. And they have continually grown the past few years, so hopefully they can keep going and you know maybe take a big step this year and uh, you know be ready to take over um, or, or take the next step in the SEC. For uh, sure. Next up at number 17, Ohio State. All right. Nah, I'm just kidding. So, um, uh, I see good guard play. Um, probably rely off of turnovers. I feel like Ohio State's always got sticky fingers. Um, speed. A big guy, maybe center forward. And probably a team, honestly, Ohio State's always that team that kind of comes in a little under the radar and always exceeds expectations and is in a conversation when it comes to the end of the season and tournament time. Yeah, so last year, um, you know, they, they had a pretty straightforward uh, regular season, you know, a couple losses. They didn't win the uh, regular season title. Michigan took that. They get to tournament time. Uh, they lost in the uh, Big Ten final to uh, Illinois in overtime. They go to the NCAA tournament as a two seed. They get knocked off by Oral Roberts in the first round, which, you know, granted, a two playing a 15, you should always win that. But Oral Roberts was a very underrated team last year. Um, Agreed. And, and they showed that by knocking off Ohio State in the first round. They lost three other big guards from last year, um, so that'll be very tough for them to replace. But with all the other returning talent and just the year-in, year-out consistency of that program, I think this is definitely a team to watch out for to make a run to the Sweet 16. Uh, and, you know, who knows? You know, Like you said, tournament time is always crazy. You know, who knows where you, where you go from there. But I, I would say Sweet 16 is 
the expectation for that team this year. Um, number 16, we have Arkansas. Arkansas, um, that's another fast guard play up and down the court. Um, might not even run a traditional big man. Uh, but stout defense, two, three players that could probably cover one through five. All right, so last year, Arkansas made a run to the Elite Eight. Um, unfortunately, they lost there. Um, they get Moses Moody back, who was you know, the, the key of their team last year. Uh, they have one of the top-ranked offenses in the country. Um, really, if they can just improve their defense and keep that offensive production at the same level, if not improve it even more, um, this is definitely a team to watch out for, especially in the SEC. Uh, we saw Kentucky, who we're going to get to here in a minute. We saw Kentucky go down last night. Um, I think I would say Arkansas is probably my favorite to win the SEC this year. Um, and I think you know they can make yet another deep run into the tournament, you know, Elite Eight, Sweet 16, maybe even Final Four appearance. Um, so, number I 15, just want to point out, yeah, go ahead. Like, I feel like I'm not doing too terrible so far. No, you're, you're really not. <laughs> um, so here we go. Number 15, we have one of the surprise teams from the tournament last year. We have Houston. Uh, Houston, well... I would say probably a team coming in underrated, um, but they're sitting at 15, and that feels generous. So uh, I don't know. This could be a mystery team. I, I, I don't know if if I – I don't know. They got me stumped. So last year, Houston made their surprise run to the Final Four. They were um... – they were, I would say, they're normally any other year they'd be the Cinderella story, but last year that was UCLA, uh, who was an 11 seed. Um, yeah. They ended up losing the Final Four to Baylor. Um, but they were a very high rebounding team. Um, their defense is really, you know, what, what slows that team down. Um, but they have a lot of returning players from that team last year. Um, so hopefully that defense can make, take the next step and, you know, maybe they can repeat that Final Four run. Um, their, their one strong suit, though, was. They are very good at blocking and stealing, um, and that, that's definitely you know a key element to have your team, especially come tournament time. So as long as they oh, stay yeah. healthy, um, I definitely think that they'll be back in the tournament, and I think they can make a, a decent run into this tournament. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch them this year. Uh, number sure. 14, uh, we have Alabama. Um, Alabama... I feel like that's another fast guard up and down the court. Um, South teams like to run. Um, but probably outstanding guards. Uh, they, I feel like they would run a small ball too. Um, they're always, I mean, their basketball team's basically been right up there with their football team lately as far as at least regular season. Um, always have a good team. Uh, and just like their football team, it it almost seems hard or almost impossible to beat them sometimes the, the way they just fight. Yeah, absolutely. They, they are one of those, you know, never say quit uh, teams out there. They've, they've adopted that mentality basically from the, the football team. Um, last year they were a 2C. They had a great, you know, regular season in SEC tournament. Um, they got upset by UCLA in overtime in the Sweet 16. Um, so that was very heartbreaking for that team. Um, but they returned a lot of players from that team. And I think they're primed and ready to 
make a run at the SEC, I think it's going to be they're going to be up there with Tennessee and Arkansas, and, and you know even Kentucky uh, for the SEC title, um, and I think they're going to make another run at, at, at March this year. Um, number thirteen, we have Oregon. Oregon, um, probably a very high percentage three point shooting team. Um, like they get the ball down the court, but not necessarily rush it. Um, probably very efficient. Um, good defense. I feel like Oregon's teams aren't always necessarily top tier talent, but very sound, very disciplined, um, and probably a team you'd expect to make those deep runs in March. Uh you were, you were right up until you said not big talent. This year they brought in a lot of transfers uh, and, and recruits, and I think they're one of the most loaded teams in the country. Um, now, how well that team is going to gel together, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, you know, they had the opener last night, but, I mean, it was a walkover. That doesn't really tell us much until, you know, we yeah. see them get into more competition. USC looks like it's going to take a step back this season in basketball. Um you know, obviously that could be wrong, but they lost a lot of talent last year. They um, beat Oregon in the Sweet 16. Um, so I think it's between Oregon and UCLA in the Pac-12. And I think Oregon is low at 13. Now, obviously, like we said, we need to see how that team gels. But I think this could be one of the top teams in the country. Um, and I think they're going to make another deep run into March this year. Uh, number 12 is Memphis. So Memphis, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember anything about Memphis from last season, but just seeing them here at number 12, um, it's, I feel like it might be a good team. Um, this kind of gives me like transfer vibes. You know, we got teams that are starting to draw in more talent because playing time's everything to these kids nowadays. And this just seeing Memphis at 12, like, I could be completely wrong. They could be up here every year. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it just gives me a vibe, like, transfer. Like, these are kids coming for playing time, and they got stuff to prove. They're going to do it. The last season, Memphis uh, did not have a great year. Um, they ended up going into the NIT tournament, not the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they won it all. They won the whole thing oh. over in the NIT. Um, now, their biggest issue last year was lots of turnovers and lots of fouls, which we have preached over and over so far yep. tonight. Is you know, If you expect to be a good team, you can't do things like that. Now, they were a very young team last year. They had a, you know, a few upperclassmen. Now, this year they return a lot of those players. So I, I think they're going to be a lot more mature this year, and I think they're going to be ready. I, I expect them to see them in the NCAA tournament this year, not the NIT. And I, I think, you know, I would say maybe 12 is a little high to be ranked in the preseason. Um, but it's definitely, I think they're definitely going to be a fun team to watch here. Uh, number 11 is the Big Ten tournament champs uh, in Illinois. Illinois is kind of like their football team. Uh, they're very tough. They're very gritty. Get after the ball. <laughs> I don't think Uh-oh. I would ever compare a good Illinois team to their football team. But, I mean, I understand what you're going with there. Yeah. You know, with their, their, their tough um, I had more just, to say. I know, I understand. It's just so <laughs> funny to hear somebody go, you know, it reminds me a lot of their football team. Like, I'm sorry, they're trash? Yeah, that, 
that's probably not how I sort no, of started I, I out. Was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but besides that, uh, I imagine a lot of turnovers, a lot of rebounds. Um, again, the gritty stuff, uh, the stats that maybe not are always looked at. Um, good guards. I feel like they always have a big guy, but... I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm confusing them with somebody. So, but I'm gonna. That's my final answer. Big guy. All right. Last year, so of course, like I mentioned, they were the Big Ten tournament champs. Uh, they got upset by Loyola Chicago. Uh, you know, who always just whenever they get into March, they always seem to be that ridiculous. Team. Um, <laughs> so unfortunately, Illinois ran into them. Um, you know, they they returned one of the highest ranked offenses from the country last year. Um, so I. I expect them to be much of the same from last year and hopefully you know they, they can mature and take that next step and you know be more competitive this year you know later into march uh, than they were last year all right next up at number 10 we had the team that opened up last night kentucky uh remind me did they lose yes yes they did okay so my first thought seeing kentucky at 10 when i first seen it which would have been like two, three days ago. Um, my first thought was overrated. And I don't know who they lost to last night, but I feel like Kentucky is always that team that has high expectations and they're never bad, but just fall short. And I have a lot of respect for Kentucky. Um, I, I just felt like, like I said, kind of like I'm doing right now. I seen the name and my first thought was overrated when I seen it at 10. So I hope they prove me wrong. I really do. Um, I just, I'm not, it's not what I'm sensing right now. Yeah. So last night they played Duke, who was a ranked number, who was currently ranked number nine. Uh, okay. So that's, it, it was a pretty, you know, back and forth contest. Duke, you know, just pulled away late. Um, I would say 10 is perfect for Kentucky with the, what they return an experience level. Um, and I would say just their name in general. I mean, they're one of those teams that year in, year out, bring in yeah. ridiculous freshman talent. Uh, last year, you know, it was tough for a lot of those big programs that rely heavy on freshman talent, like Duke, Kentucky, UNC, because they didn't have any time to work out in the offseason. Yep. Um, they had no, you know, no gelling at all. You could tell that, especially with Kentucky. They looked terrible, you know, and then they ended up missing a lot of games because of COVID and, and things like that. Um so, you know, they were one of the better defenses last year. So I think with who they're returning this year, plus, like we said, all that freshman talent, I think 10 is good for them. Um, we're going to get to Duke here in a second, who was number nine. I think number nine is way too low for Duke, especially for what they showed last night. Um, but anyway, go ahead. It, number nine, Duke, you give your thoughts. Okay, so I do know a little bit about Duke. Um, they got the, I believe he was the number four overall prospect. Um, Paulo Blanchera, something like that. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. So, um, like I said, I do know, I actually knew more about Duke than I happen to know about my own team. Um, but yeah, this is, this is going to be a good year for Duke. Uh, they got talent and their legend of a coach is retiring after the season. Um, I think uh, down there in North Carolina, they're thinking they're cutting the nets down. 
and the end of March. As far as I'm concerned, that should be their only goal. Anything under that for them this year is a disappointment. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Um, You know, they return a lot of that talent from last year. Uh, Like you said, they have those high-caliber recruits coming in. Um, And I think that all that together, culminating under Coach K's last year, um, they're definitely going to be one of the best teams in the country year in, year out. Um, my one, yeah, my one this... bone to pick oh, go ahead, go ahead. is Coach K said in the offseason, I don't want this to become a farewell tour. And they played a scrimmage last week, and before the scrimmage, you know, the opposing team walks out, hands Coach K a gift. Last night, at so Kansas and Michigan State played before uh, Duke-Kentucky. The halftime of that Kansas game, they presented Coach K with a gift, and I he absolutely deserves it. But I just, I just laugh at the fact that he's like, I don't want this to be a farewell tour and all this other stuff, and here we are. And he knows it's going to continue on all season. Every, every road game, um, it, you know, every team is going to present him with something. And so I just chuckled to myself a little bit last night. Uh, anyway, just moving on before I get too much more into that. Um, <laughs> um, number eight is Baylor. Um, Baylor. I'm pretty sure their top player went on, um, like 99.99% sure about that. Um, maybe their top two players, um, but they always got good guards. Um, a good big man, not necessarily a center, maybe a forward. Um, they like to shoot the ball. It's probably a team, if they return talent, I imagine they're looking at final four. So Baylor, of course, is defending national champions. Um, East. Upset. Not really upset, but they beat Gonzaga in the national championship last year. Um, last year, they were, you know, top of the country in three-point percentage. Uh, they were third in points per game and eighth in steals. So they definitely had an all-around amazing team last year. Oh, yeah. Um, like you said, they lost a lot of their key players to the draft last year. But – Baylor has become one of those steady programs year in, year out, that just brings in more talent and just reloads. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they compete with the rest of the Big 12, uh, if they can get that team chemistry back with a leadership from people who stayed behind from last year and those new people coming in um, to become one of the best teams, again, in the country. Uh, number seven, we have Purdue. All right. So if I'm not mistaken... I think in one of my brackets I made last year, I had picked Purdue as the national championship team. Now, God, was that wrong? Uh, yeah, fair. But, and I want to say that I still could be wrong about this. I, it could have been a totally different team, but I'm pretty sure. But anyway, um, if I'm also not mistaken, I believe there is a lot of hype behind this Purdue team. And... They're a team that's looking to be at the top um, and very well could be, if I remember correctly. Uh, absolutely. They, so they returned a lot of talent from that team last year. Um, now, the, they lost in the first round to North Texas, um, which was a huge upset. And, you know, great for North Texas. Um, now, the big test for them is going to be on November 20th, they play UNC. Um, so that's going to be a great first look into this team, into their first, you know, tough competition, and to how this team is going to stack up this year, and, you know, if they're ready to compete. Um, their biggest 
issue um, is they need to fix that defense. Um, you know, like we said before, defense is usually the heart and soul of any Big Ten team. And, you know, last year that was probably their Achilles heel. And that's really what doomed them in a lot of games. So if they can improve that defense, I think they are definitely a team to watch for, uh, not just in the Big Ten, but nationally. Um, but like I said, we'll, we'll get a good glimpse of them here November 20th uh, against UNC. Um, Is it at UNC? Uh, it's it's uh, in Connecticut. It's a, it's a tournament game. It's So it's Tennessee, Villanova, uh, UNC, and uh, Purdue. Okay, I was going to say, so, maybe we'll go to that game. But... I would love to. I mean... <laughs> um, well, I got getting sidetracked here for a minute. So I'm going... Yeah. So that same day, I'm going it's Tennessee football game and I just you know I was doing my research for this and I saw they played Villanova the same day and it said it just said at Villanova or at Tennessee and I was like oh my mm-hmm. god like as a huge Villanova fan I was like if I can go see a Villanova game and a football game the same day like I, I'll, my life yeah you have to so I looked it up I was like well, how much for tickets and it's like Connecticut I was like oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> just uh, kidding anyway uh number six is Michigan Michigan um so I do know there's some hype with Michigan too uh, good guards, some depth at guard. They always have some tall, lengthy white boy that just balls out. I don't know if they still do. I don't know if he moved on, but probably. Um, so depth at guard, push the ball, tall, lengthy white boy, and final four. All right, so last year Michigan was – one of the top teams in the country consistently. Um, you know, they got upset by Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they were the regular regular season Big Ten champions. Um, now, in NCAA tournament, they got upset by UCLA and the Elite Eight, um, which seems to be, you know, the Michigan's, you know, storyline the past couple years is they make, they take a really good team, they make a deep run in the March, uh, but for some reason they just can't close out the deal. So hope, they're hoping this season that that, that storyline changes. Um, yeah, and, and there was, I do remember there was speculation, I don't know if that's the proper term to use, but there was a lot of talk that Michigan could have been the ones that took it all last year. So yeah, maybe they, they they'll turn that talk. Ranked, um, offenses in the country. Uh, again, mm-hmm. like we said, you know, just the defense is what really ended up dooming them. So hopefully they, they can improve that this year. Um, number five is Texas. Texas. Um, do they have a new coach? I don't believe. Do you know? I don't uh, for some reason, I'm thinking new coach, but um, I did hear that they're loaded with talent. Um, from what I heard, arguably competitively with Gonzaga as far as talent was. Um, and I thought that I had heard that they got a new coach, but. Uh, so, I could be wrong about that. So last year, uh, Texas got upset in the first round, uh, which was very disappointing for them. Um, it's interesting that you reference, you know, they could be close to Gonzaga in talent. They play Gonzaga November 13th. Um, mm. you know, we have a one versus five matchup, which is going to be huge. Um, definitely one that, you know, everybody needs to watch. That's this Saturday. Um, so it'll be, it'll be great to see what the benchmark is for both of those teams. Um Last year, Texas's big issue was fouls. They ranked 329th in the country, averaging 19.26 a game. Um, and that's just not going to cut it. Uh, so hopefully, if no, they, they, they um, can mature. That's and not how you make deep yeah, runs. Exactly. 
if they can mature and improve in that area, um, I think they're definitely a team to watch out for. Uh, number four, we got Villanova. All right, so I know this is your favorite team. Uh, I claim Villanova as my second favorite college basketball team. That finals a couple years ago was probably I, I don't I, I still don't know how I feel about it. I really don't. It was probably one of the best games of basketball I've ever watched in my life. Um, but regardless, sitting at number four, I don't expect any less from Villanova. Um, I don't know much about their situation this year, but good coach. Um, they always have the talent and usually one of the most disciplined teams in the country. Um, very efficient. Uh, so that's exactly what I expect to see this year. Yeah. Uh, Villanova is, is always one of the most consistent teams in the country. And I'm not, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan, but year in, year out, you always see them definitely ranked in the top 25. Um, but they usually make a pretty good run in March. Um, last year they lost to, uh, to Baylor in the Sweet 16. Um, their biggest issue last year was the defense. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely didn't help them out in a lot of situations. They got upset by Virginia Tech, um, and then you know, if if they want to take that next step this year, they they really need to improve that. Colin Gillespie returns. Um, it was always Villanova always has that one random white dude uh, that's just really good. Yeah. Um, and they, it it's been Colin Gillespie the last few years. Um, so they're really going to lean on him heavily this year. He, he got hurt yeah, some last year. So, about Gillespie. Um, they have big tests at UCLA and against Tennessee, like we mentioned. Uh, and then, you know, obviously if they beat Tennessee, and I'm pretty sure even if they lose, they, they still play for third against the loser of UNC Purdue. Uh, but either okay. way, they're, they're going to get two very tough tests um, there to start the season in that tournament. And like I said, they play at UCLA, which is going to be a huge game. Um, oh, yeah. Number three, then, is Kansas. Kansas. Um, so, I don't know. They always have good guards. Um, young talent. They're one of those freshman teams. Um, honestly, I'm just going to say that they're probably not going to reach expectations. Just because I have a friend who is a Kansas fan. He's also a Philly fan. I can't stand him when he talks about sports. Brett, if you're listening to this, they're not going to make it uh, past the Sweet 16. Sorry to break it to you early. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. <sighs> now, they played last night. Um, they, they played, a, I would say, a not great Michigan State team. Uh, that, that team is definitely still rebuilding. Michigan State kept it close in the first half. Uh, second half, uh, you know, Kansas started to assert their dominance. It was still a very close game overall, but you know, Kansas, I don't think Kansas, at any point it looked like Kansas was really going to lose. Um, last year they got upset in the second round by USC, who had a, a pretty decent run. Like we said, they made it to the Elite Eight. Um, but they bring a lot of experience back, and Bill Self at Kansas is always – has that team ready to go. And I think um, they're more than ready to challenge Baylor this year for the Big 12. Um, now, I mean, like we said, you, you don't think they're going to make it to the Sweet 16. No, nobody knows what's going to happen in March. Um, even people from the future don't know what's going to happen. So it'll be very, very interesting to see 
especially with injuries and stuff where this team stacks up comes March. Come March. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Number yeah, two, I just got to hate it, though. Yeah. I, oh, I, I, I wish nothing but the best for any of these teams on here. Like, they're obviously more talented than I am. Like, I don't want nobody to think I'm hating. Uh, I just don't want to hear Brett talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> just like I don't want to hear you talk about UNC. But anyway, yeah, exactly. we got number two, UCLA. Uh, UCLA, I mean, they're always a very talented team. Um, you know, they don't always... When their talent is measured up, there's been years where they haven't been at the top. Um, but they always, especially come March, play like one of those top-tier teams. And uh, seeing them sitting here at number two, I would like to imagine that they probably have a lot of talent. And I imagine that come March, they're going to be alive and well very long into the tournament. Yep, they definitely have a lot of returning talent this year. They lost the Gonzaga in the Final Four last year. Um, a lot of people didn't. They were an 11 seed. A lot of people didn't see them making it that far. Um, now, the, the key for this team is with that experience, they need to take the next step with both their offense and defense. Um, and I think if they do that, they're going to be a great team. I don't know if they're the number two team in the country. I think they're definitely a top 25 team regardless. Um I just don't see them right now as a number two team. Uh, but like I said, they have a big It's going to depend on how well that experience exactly. comes out. They, they have a big test against Villanova um, and the rest of the Big 12, or excuse me, Pac-12, uh, especially with Oregon this year. Um, so if they can stay healthy and that team can gel, they're absolutely a team to watch out for. Like I said, I don't just know about being number two. Um, but number one, we have Gonzaga. All right. So I do know a little bit. And I also know that you have a piece that you would like to say on this, so I'll make it fast. Drew Timmy, baller. Um, I'm pretty sure they had gotten the number one recruit overall, uh, the center. I can't remember his name, but was he number one? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, I, I knew he was higher up, but I thought he was number one. Um, those big men are going to be hard to stop. For sure. Um, we'll see how the guard play is. Uh, losing Suggs was big, but we'll see if they can finally win being number one in the preseason. So my bone, the, so I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll go I'll through the facts here first. So they lost in the championship game to Baylor last year. Yep. Um, they had one of the top ranked offenses in the country, which they always do year in, year out. They've, They've always had one of the better offenses. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I feel like that's because of the conference they play in, but that's just me. Um, their defense needs to take a step forward um, if they want to get back to that national championship. I feel like with everybody else returning so much, um, you know that that's really where they need to focus this year. My my bone to pick with them is I am I'm I'm sick of giving them so much hype every year, and you know they have a great regular season. Um, they usually beat a big team or two. Um, they almost always cakewalk through their conference um, and usually end up as a one or two seed. I'm, I'm so tired of them, though, making it to the Final Four for the National Championship game. And I'm like, and okay. Not yeah. And I'm like, all right, this is what I'm rooting for. Like, cause, uh, unless Villanova's there, I'm like, okay, I want Gonzaga to win it all. And every year, they let me down, and I'm tired of putting my faith into them. So this year, I'm putting zero faith into them. Uh, 
and they're, they they're, they're, they're gonna win it all that, that's what i'm saying right now um okay well and there becomes a time when you find yourself repetitively in the same situation and repetitively getting the same result mm-hmm. and um, I never remember their coach's name, but I have a lot of respect for him. He's a good and coach. I, yeah, I want to make I have all of the respect for them, and I wish them the best of the season. But I am not putting any faith at all into them. Um, you know, like you said, it reminds me a lot of Butler. Uh, uh, you know, back in the late two thousands when Butler made those couple runs deep into the tournament um, with Gordon Hayward. Um, yeah. Gonzaga has just... been a lot more consistent than they were. You know, they made it back there repeatedly. You know, Gonzaga or excuse me, Butler just had a, a few. A few years where they were there. Now they're still a very good team, granted. Um, yeah. But Gonzaga's definitely been more consistent, uh, basically building a dynasty out there. Um, but I'm just not putting any faith at all into them this year. With that being said, my final four picks. Uh, I'm picking Gonzaga, <laughs> uh, Kansas, Duke, and I'm gonna go with surprise here. I'm gonna go with Oregon. I think Oregon's gonna make the final four. Uh, I think they're bringing enough talent in, um, and that's not because I'm an Oregon football fan. Um, <laughs> I just think, I just I think they're bringing enough in there, and and the head coach Dana Altman is going to get them pointed in the right direction, and I think they're going to make a run here. All right, my final four. I'm going to go Gonzaga, Villanova, Duke. Those are my three. I feel like are definitely in. Fourth pick. I, I don't know. I've been stuck on this. I thought about this all day, honestly. Honestly, it's got to be... I don't know. I've been having issues pulling the trigger. I keep feeling like my mind's made up. And it's not. So, we're just going to go. I think it's going to be Michigan. Honestly, it just hit me. All right, there we go. I had to look at him a few times. I can't lie. I, I think it's, you know, I like Penn State and football. I think it just, I didn't want to swallow it, you know. All right. Uh, last thing with college basketball, give me your surprise. Who do you think is going to be the surprise team this year? Oh, easily UNC. First year head coach. And they struggled last year. I have to go with them. You know? I think they're going to be a better team than they were this year. I wouldn't call them a, a surprise, especially being yeah, already. I don't know if surprises. Uh, my right surprise term. team is actually Virginia Tech. Uh, I think they're returning a lot of talent this year. Their head coach has them, uh, you know, primed and ready to go. And uh, I think they could be a surprise team to win the ACC. Um, you know, maybe not win, uh, especially with Duke looking as good as it does. But I think they're definitely going to compete. Uh, they had upset wins against Villanova and Virginia last year. Bruh. Uh, and so I, I really think they're going to be a team to watch out for. Um, Virginia but, Tech. Yeah, that's, that's who I'm going Honestly, with. I'm there. I'm feeling it. All right, so that wraps up our 2021-22 college basketball season preview. Uh, just real quickly, uh, to wrap up the show here, tomorrow night, Thursday night football, Ravens at Dolphins. Who do you got? Uh, Ravens, and it shouldn't be close, um, but – Baltimore seems to always let teams kind of hang around at least the first half. Um, so don't expect it to be one of the cleanest games. Um, it's going to look sloppy at times, especially in the first half. But Lamar uh, will do what Lamar does, come out of the locker room in the second half and ball out. And I'm going to give it 
Give me 34-17. Uh, I'm also, as well, going to take the Ravens. Uh, I think my soon-to-be father-in-law would be very upset with me uh, if I did not. Um, Fair. I, I don't think it's going to be very close. Um, I, I think this is the one week where the Ravens get it together. I also need Lamar Jackson to have a great night because I'm going to start him this week because I didn't last week. I made that mistake. <laughs> And Josh Allen only got me nine points. So, I want to be clear that I'm imagining like a seven to three first half, and then uh, what would it be twenty seven point run, and then like garbage time, maybe yeah, like twenty point run, and then garbage time, whatever. But yeah, um, so we're both on the Ravens for tomorrow night. Yes, uh, sir. Just last thing uh, for tonight's show, uh, over in the NBA, we had uh, Nikola Jokic. I, I can't say that right. I've I've tried all day to say that right. I can't say it right. And Markeith Morris get into it the other night. What are your takes on that? Um, I seen that and I didn't see the whole thing. Um, I just seen the the Jokic. I guess I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either. I hear it all the time, but um, I don't know. I had heard something about Morris instigating. Uh, I did see the push. It was very surprising coming from, you know, somebody who had such a great season last year and somebody to me that seemed like a very respectable and respectful person. Um, And I know tempers get flared out there. You know, I played sports. I know how it is. Um, But it was, whether retaliation or not, it was very surprising to me. Um. And I heard he was looking at some suspensions, I believe. And so uh, Jokic got a one-game suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butler and Morris were both fined. Uh, Morris was a $50,000 fine. Uh, Butler was a $30,000 fine. Um, listen, Jokic plays plays very physical. Um, he, so what happened was uh, he went up for a rebound. Jokic kind of shoved the player. Morse took issue with that, so he kind of just, like, threw a little body check at him. Um, you know, they blew the play dead. Jokic didn't like that. Walked over and shoved Morse in the back. Um, after the game, the, there was a picture of the Miami Heat players waiting in the tunnel for the, the Denver Nuggets to come off the court. Um, I, Jokic apologized after the game, which, you know, I mean, I would say is very big of him, but, you know, a lot of players nowadays – I'm not saying he didn't mean it, but a lot of players, it seems like, don't mean their apologies. Yeah. Um, but either way, he, he apologized after the game. You know, now their brothers are fighting on Twitter, um, which is just very interesting to watch. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I think, you know, Will Chamberlain, uh, he popped up on my TikTok today. I think he said it best. Um, we didn't, they didn't have this issue back in the 80s and 90s and stuff like that because they had enforcers, basically, you know, goons. And, you know, the, the NBA has you know, basically done away with that role, much like hockey has. Um, but, you know, you still have the bullies around, and they're going to push and shove people. And, you know, they kind of were lamenting over the fact that, you know, that role is gone. And I 100% agree with them that, you know, if, if that role still exists today, that, you know, I don't think we'd have half the problems that we have. Um, but I do understand that that's just not how the game is anymore. Um, obviously, I, you, you don't love to see players shove another player in the back. Uh, you know, especially on a hardwood floor. Um, but, you know, hopefully, you know, Spolstra has said they're moving on. 
So hopefully the rest of the team, you know, in a day or two, they can finally put this behind them and move on. Uh, luckily, they're not in the same division or same conference. They're not going to see each other much this season. Now, granted, they're, they're still going to play. I think they have two games left against each other. Um, so they're still going to see each other. It'll be interesting to see how those games go. Uh, but it's not a, a team that you're going to see, you know, every other week or something like that. Cause you're yeah, for sure. And quite honestly, I don't even know what's going on in the NBA. Um, it seems like, I I don't know, things are just weird. Not, there's never like a week in the NBA that goes by and there's not something out of the ordinary somehow. Like, like I said, like, watching that video, whether retaliation or not, like, seeing Jokic do that to me, like, was surprising. But then when I thought about it, like, I, I swear the NBA is like a parallel universe or something. I don't know. Things happen in the NBA that just, are we, I mean, look at the Lakers. Like, if you would have told me 10 years ago that that team would be put together, I would have told you you were stupid. It It's just, it's entertaining. I can't lie. Like, it gives us more to talk about. Obviously, we're talking about it, but it's just weird. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. So, like, I mean, when I moved to Charlotte, I had, I follow the NBA probably only in the playoffs. Um, but moving down here, they are so big into the basketball down here, you can't help but get into it more. And I've started to. And I, I definitely agree with you. As an outsider looking in, you know, getting into it more and more, it, it's so weird to watch. Um, but even as an outsider, you know, just touch on the Lakers real quick, and this is the last point I'm going to make tonight. Um, <laughs> as, as a team, how they looked in the mirror last year, and they got beat up by that Suns team who was just faster and younger than them, and they go into the offseason and they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to get the oldest most washed up guys we can find and throw them on the team together even though half these guys don't get along with each other and you know what we're, we're going to win the title now I'm not saying they can't turn it around but it was just interesting to see that mindset going into the offseason of like okay we got beat up by a younger faster uh, probably a, a slightly more physical team and you know this year you know you're already looking at Anthony Davis was beat up LeBron's beat up uh Westbrook is, you know, being the typical ball hog self he is. Um, I really want Melo to get a ring. I have always admired him. And I, was, I agree. I, I was I really hoping when he went to that team this year they'd be able to figure it out. They've struggled so far, so hopefully for their sake and Melo's sake they can turn it around. Um, but that'll wrap up our show for tonight. We're going to leave it there. Yes, um, we appreciate you guys turning in. Uh, we're, we're getting it more and more figured out here. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys sticking out with us as, as we figure out our formatting. Uh, we're we're going to try and do these shows in about an hour and, and get through them a little bit quicker. Um, but, again, thank you for tuning in. We're going to be back Friday, uh, recap Thursday Night Football, some more NBA and hockey storylines, uh, and get ready for the weekend of college and NFL football. Yes, sir, and it's going to be a good weekend. Thank you, everybody, for listening. All right, guys. Like I said, we'll be back Friday night. Everybody uh, enjoy Thursday and the rest of your Wednesday night here, uh, and we'll catch you on the flip side.